Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining Sports Talk. Hi, welcome back to the radio show. Puckin' Gas, live from the Carter Volkswagen studio. It's a moron Monday. Why are you upset at Professional Athlete Monday as well? All right, joining us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, our reporter, 950 KJR, Curtis Crabtree, covers the Seahawks, cover the Mariners. Curtis, good, uh, good morning. I almost said good afternoon, but we're not in the afternoon yet, so it still is good morning. What's going on? Uh, well, you tell us about about Earl. Did, how much were how surprised were you when you saw the the tweet yesterday from Earl Thomas saying that he will not participate in minicamp? Uh, I was surprised because I think, like we talked about probably last week, I figured he would show up, have a oh sore hamstring or something, and just kind of sit on the side and then not worry about losing the eighty four thousand dollars it'll cost him to sit out the mini camp and then go back to texas and then probably if he was committed to it you know miss miss the start of training camp and hold out then but um obviously it speaks to how committed he currently is to the idea that he needs to play next season with the new contract and he said as much back at the pro bowl in january so i mean i can't we can't act like he didn't kind of um give us a glimpse into what his thought process was um, but still probably a little bit surprised that he's taken this uh, particular uh, track at this point in time. What do you think, and, and this is a million-dollar question, everybody's trying to figure this out, what is the most likely development out of this? Is there, you know, are they, I mean, it doesn't, I, I can't imagine his trade value has increased, especially with this news. Uh, and they didn't want to trade him around the draft because they said they couldn't get enough for him. Uh, it, it, will, will this work to his favor or will the Hawks stand firm what, what's your guess as to what's going to happen I, I honestly don't know because um, I think we're in a slightly different situation with the Seahawks than we've been in the past you know in the past they've been trying to keep a core together that was going to get them back to where they'd been with a couple Super Bowl appearances and one championship and it's pretty clear that they're not so focused on keeping those guys together anymore given the moves that they've made this offseason and so forth uh, I know John Schneider has said this summer that with um, Earl Thomas being in, you know, this would be his third contract. It's not; he doesn't view it as the same situation as you know guys that have been there beforehand. And obviously, they got a little bit burned by the Cam Chancellor contract just a year ago. So I'm not sure. I, I don't know what the 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 plan of action will be here for Earl. Uh, like, I, I don't think just giving him a raise or something for this season would placate him either because I think he wants the security of a, a deal beyond just this season. So exactly what the what the plan is, uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, they could certainly force him to play out this season, use the franchise tag on him moving forward for at least one season as well, which isn't at a prohibitive rate for safeties compared to what the market has gotten to with contracts for Chancellor and Eric Berry and so forth. It would be right about that mix, but then you're looking to bring back a, a guy who potentially was sitting out you know, up to half the season with you this year and then franchising him to force him to stick around next year. I don't know how it plays out. So, um We'll have to see. I, I don't have a feel for it at this point in time. What does he stand to lose, Curtis, if he misses uh, all all of the days of minicamp? Well, all the days of minicamp, it was just a tick over eighty four thousand dollars. Be fourteen thousand or so for day one, twenty eight for day two, and forty two for day three. Um, so that would be that. Fast forwarding to training camp, and you'll probably remember some of this from the Marshawn Lynch uh, situation when he was sitting out training camp. The same with Cam Chancellor over the last few years. Uh, he would be fined $40,000 a day for each day of training camp he misses. 
if that holdout was to extend beyond the first six days of camp, then they could also take up to uh, up to 25% of his signing bonus, depending on how long he sits out between 15 and 25% of that, which would be a pretty good chunk of change as well. So, um, and then if it was to continue into the regular season, like camp chancellors did, uh, they can, you know, dock him every game check you would have throughout the year, which would be one seventeenth of his $8.5 million salary. So it could get pretty expensive for him, depending on how long he wants to, to push this. But I certainly understand from his standpoint, wanting to have more security with his situation, given the fact that he just watched camp chancellor, uh, you know, potentially have his career come to an end because of an injury he sustained last year. He had Richard Sherman have a, a significant injury last year and then have his contract that he had remaining wiped out from underneath him going and, and told to, to hit free agency. So uh, I understand that completely why Earl, Earl Thomas wants a new contract and feels he deserves one right now. Curtis, didn't I see somewhere, or maybe I'm crazy, that uh, particularly with the mini camp finds that that's a team optional thing that they can also elect not to find him or is that in stone he definitely gets fined if he doesn't come in well uh, it's all of the fines are team discretion right outside of once you get to the regular season you start not playing in games and you're not going to get your game check that's something they will not do but right, all the right. fines all the training camp fines the day-to-day fines all that it's ultimately team discretion whether they want to collect them or not so yeah they don't have to collect the fines but they are certainly entitled to do so up to the given amounts that, that we kind of talked about right and we get i mean and that's not one thing that they broadcast so it's not like you're going to know immediately if they find them or not i guess that's going to have to leak out or are they required at some point through like their collective bargaining agreement to inform the media the public that they have find him no okay. no i don't think we ever truly found out how much they they find Cam Chancellor for his holdout a few years ago or anything like that. I, I, I assume he missed his two game checks from sitting out the first two weeks of the season. But exactly how much of the uh, the, the money that they wanted to take back from him for for sitting out for the the amount of time he did, it's it's tough to say. And I don't I, I don't I don't see I, I didn't see anything at the time saying how much it was or or any of that. So I, I I would be surprised if that came around again this time. I'm struck by what everybody is saying is the lack of communication. And and again, maybe it's as simple as what Puck said. Maybe the Hawks are like, look, we've told you what we're going to do. But it would seem to me that right now there is no more important thing for the Hawks to be thinking about than okay, can we get something done here with Earl? And there's certainly no more important thing for Earl and his people and saying, can we get something done with the Hawks? The idea that supposedly they haven't talked for months, it kind of boggles my mind, Curtis. Do you think that's true? Again, they're under no obligation to be telling anybody the truth of any of this stuff, but do you think it's true that they haven't even talked? I don't know, but it's not like Earl Thomas is the only thing they need to worry about. Um, Dwayne Brown, when they acquired him last year, part of the reason they were able to get him was because he was holding out in Houston and wanting a new contract from the Texans, which he never got. So he still doesn't have the new contract he was trying to get a year ago and is in the last year of his contract and wants something from, from Seattle as well. Now he's been in, in in the off-season program and all that sort of thing. He had faith that that would potentially work out for him. And then you have Frank Clark, who's been sitting out the off-season stuff too up to this point. In the last year of his rookie contract, he'll set, be set to be a free agent after this year, knowing that they have no other proven defensive ends on their on their, on their their roster right now at this point in time. Um, he's 
going to certainly be saying, hey, you know, it's my turn to get paid too. So it's not like Earl Thomas is the only contract that they're needing to concern themselves with right now. Obviously, he's the most high-profile one, given the fact of uh, his track record and all of that. But it's not like um, he's the only thing that they can focus on. So uh, it's not completely surprising if they've said, hey, look, this is where we're at. And Thomas's camp and Thomas himself aren't on the same page as that. In a lot of ways, there may not be much to talk about. It'd be fascinating to watch to see how far this goes. How yeah. far is he willing to take it? Because I'll be honest with you, you would have asked me last week if he would be here in minicamp. I say yeah, because I just don't think that Earl would want to to give up any type of money, regardless how much it is. I mean, maybe eighty four thousand isn't that much money to him. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to a lot of different people. And I think even for him, he's a millionaire. I think that's a ton of money. You know, does he? I'm going to ask you something, and I'm not. I'm not asking you for give me an answer because you don't know. You know, is he going to carry this thing into training camp? You know, would would Earl Thomas, what we know of him, would he be willing to carry this thing, carry this all the way into the regular season and hold out games? I I don't have a sense for it. Um, I know he wasn't particularly thrilled when Cam Chancellor was holding out a couple sure. years ago, so it seems uh, it seems interesting that now he's in the exact same position and going through the exact same sort of motions at this point in time. Well, that being said, Cam did show up for this mini camp uh, that season before he decided to hold out for training camp. Um, but ultimately, it, I, I don't have a real sense for it. Um, I don't know how much he's going to want to push it, uh, how much the Seahawks are going to want to have any desire to give him another contract at this point in time. It's tough to say. I it, um I'm just as curious as you guys are as to see how this uh, plays out over the next uh, month and change as we start getting into training camp. One of the things that surprises me without knowing all the financial ramifications of it is that you know, something we've talked about on the show a lot is you, you know, you're clearly going through a transition on defense. You've lost a couple of big stars and big personalities. And for the young guys who are now emerging as what's going to be the new defense, I think you want that connection. You know, you're likely, I mean, you're without Sherman, you're without Bennett, you're without Averill, you're likely going to be without Chancellor. I would look at Earl like, hey, he's the guy, he's the river that's going to run from this new defense back to the Legion of Boom and, and to help us carry on this tradition. I'm just 100% in the camp, but let's find a way to pay this guy. And I mean, it's not my money, and I, you know, so I don't have to worry about that. But And I know it's not quite that easy to wave a wand, Curtis, but... If there's the money there, aren't they a better football team with him? And let's just assume he is going to stay healthy. Not everybody gets hurt. Some do. That's part of the risk of running the team. You, you can't you can't manage from fear. Isn't he good for the team still? He is a very good football player. Uh, the question is, how many contracts have they given at this point that have really worked out for him? Uh, Michael Bennett hasn't really. Um, obviously, they they went and traded him. Um, Cam Chancellor's that got injured to the point where he not be he may not be able to play anymore. Um, you know, it's this is when you start getting into that area where you have to be you know very cautious with some of these things. Um, you know, I don't I can't speak to how committed that they are to to having. I mean, Earl Thomas is a young you know, third-year contract guy because of how young he was when he came out. He's only 29 years old, but he does have a couple significant injuries underneath his belt, uh, the broken leg obviously being one, and he's had some more hamstring issues over the last couple of years here where he's tweaked those and that sort of thing. Um, but I understand their potential hesitancy on that part because, you know, once you get on the north side of 30, that is when players that 
play as hard and, and as reckless as Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor and those guys have been do start tend to break down. Now, Earl could potentially buck the trend and play as long as Ed Reed did at a high level and, and not see the drop-off, but you don't know that. And so your salary cap is something you have to manage throughout all the years and figure out the best way to to put it forward to, to get to where you need to be, and I understand their hesitancy for it. The, the right decision might be to give Earl Thomas a contract, but I understand the, the cautiousness about approaching that situation. I know everyone's got to have a super sports hot take on this one. I'm on team, I'm on the team, or I'm on team Thomas, right? And I'm angry, and I've, I've got to have, you know, I thoroughly enjoy, like, Today and then the next several days will be the fake anger from people because I I guess I love fake anger. I know you I'm, do. I'm mad. I'm so mad that this guy is doing this. And it's not enough that I'm mad. I got to get everybody else. I got mad everyone too. else has got to be mad because <laughs> I'm mad that he's asking for a raise. And everyone says, "Well, what if I I could you know Curtis? I'm not saying you're saying this. I can't come to Purple Sheet and I'm going to hold out if you don't give me money. I just would be fired. Well, can we all agree that their jobs are different than ours? It's just not the same thing. Yeah. It's not the nine to five job that we do. We don't even do nine to five. It, it's not. It's not the ten to one job that we do, or or the twelve to three. Whatever. I mean, there's, it's there's different it's just, levels it's in the way different in the entertainment industry. There are a lot of different levels. Yeah, and so, I mean, I I think this is a scenario, and people hate this. So I I see several sides. I get the team's point. The mm-hmm. team is like, hey man, I don't know if we can do another contract like this again. We have just been, what's hurting Earl right now is how snakebitten they've been on the last several deals, Curtis, you just pointed out, which they've done. And then from Earl's perspective, I mean, Earl can make an argument, and I think when his career is over that he's one of the best free safeties that ever ever played in the NFL. And I think Earl's right now is saying to himself, if I'm truly valuable to you, I want to get paid one more time. I want the one last contract before I hang it up. And so I see where he's coming from. So I don't get mad at Earl Thomas because he's holding out for more money. He has a a finite window of where he can earn this type of money, and he's trying to maximize it right now. And so, um, boy, it is just kind of a a fascinating thing to watch. I I guess my long-winded point here, I don't think there's a winner and a loser here. I don't think you have to be point A or point B and it's – I'm going to be on this side, and I'm going to be on the other side. I mean, I think you can see it from all different angles in the story. Yeah, I, I don't have any problem with what Earl Thomas is doing. He's trying to leverage uh, the, the the situation that he has to get a contract for him. I mean, he, he's betting that his services are valuable enough that he needs to get more than he's currently receiving. And, you know, just to use the work analogy there, say all of a sudden our station went off the air and there was one person who could fix it, and all of a sudden they decided, yeah, I'll fix it, but, you know, yeah, I think I need a raise right about now. Yeah. You know, th- so there are certain situations where, you know, you can get up to a position where there's a, a, a an area where you can leverage it into uh, a better situation for yourself. And, again, these careers are extremely finite. The Seahawks and all NFL teams are making money hand over fist. They have been for years. Um Earl Thomas's career will come to an end a lot shorter than the Seahawks will exist. Um, it's the job of the front office to figure out how to put all the pieces together. So Earl Thomas is perfectly within his rights to hold out and try to leverage his situation because, as it is. Because there are, there are. I was going to say there are fines that go against it when you know if if they decide to, to penalize him for that, and that's all fair game. So it's all just part of the way it works. Because gas, yes, his leverage is who do you have my leverage? 
I'm the best. Right. Who who, right. who, who is going to compete for my job? Right. They don't have anybody else like yeah. me. And and who knows, Curtis, how much the emotion of the end of last year when he does the thing in Dallas with the Cowboys yeah, is that. You know, I hope that's not playing into it, but it might be. That might be part of where the Hawks have dug in. Earl has in the past kind of, and he's, you know, they always say, oh, it's just Earl being Earl, but he's talked about walking away from the game. He certainly could do that if he wants. He's got enough that he, he doesn't need to play anymore. I don't sense that that's in the cards, but, but would that shock anybody if he just said, you know what, fine. I'm, I'm, he's talked about that in the past, that he might be ready to quit. I'm not saying this is part of that, but, but who knows? Maybe he is what, ready to take this thing all the way out. Yeah, I, I don't have a sense for it. Um, certainly the Dallas incident was a little bit odd, and, you know, Pete Carroll is stuck up for him, saying Earl just got a little bit out of whack, and, you know, all, he didn't know that this was that, and he apologized to me. I mean, a, a team could have blown Earl up for that. Could right, have absolutely right. been like, you know, what the hell are you doing? You know, what, you know, this is, and, and just, you know, left him out there and say, that was unacceptable. I don't know what the heck Earl was doing in that situation. They have, They didn't do that, though. Um, so it does, and obviously the fact that they didn't trade him before the draft shows that they at least feel committed to him for the time being. But that doesn't fix the fact that Earl Thomas only has one year left on his contract, and I'm sure he wants to be paid like you know Eric Berry is, who got a contract just over a year ago worth 13 million a year, and Earl's making 8.5 this year. You know, so I can understand him feeling like he's underpaid, that he wants contract security, and all of that. This is a position where he feels like he needs to leverage it so he can get that one more significant contract of his career because you don't, you can't bet on anything more than that at this point in time. Curtis, I know this is like a best guess for you, but we put you up, like, and I look at like guys that I go to who make the best guesses, you're top of the list, okay? So if he plays out this year, and they, let's say the Seahawks just say we're you're going to play out the year of the contract, and Earl says, "Okay, fine, whatever." And then they let him walk. What's the comp pick for Earl? Um, well, it would partly depend on how he played this year, but I, Earl Thomas should be let's one say, of the top comp picks. So, let's depending say, on depending on how much they signed in free agency as well, and yeah. you know, it's a formula that offsets. I mean, Earl Thomas alone would be a high compensatory pick value for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just wonder. I mean, um, I, I wonder if they would allow that to play out. I mean, because you, you're taking a big risk, and if you do that, you know, I get the the side of the argument. Why couldn't you trade him? You didn't get anything out of out of him at all, and you're going to allow him to play uh, this final year. I mean, there there has to be, I think, at some point, an end game for Seattle. I mean, I don't know. It, it's be it would be. I can't see them wanting him to play out that final year, and then get uh, whatever the comp pick is they get back for him. I mean, maybe they could get that, try to get that by trading him before the start of the season. Well, the other thing that they could do is if they play, if he played out the season, they could franchise him and then try to trade him as well after they, they put the tag on him, which would, you know, give him a little bit more salary for next year. And yeah. I don't know how that would affect his situation. And they could potentially get something for him, whether it's more so than they'd get as a comp, comp pick. It's tough to say. So there's a lot of variables on this one for sure. Sure feels to me like if they were thinking about moving him. They should have done it a while ago so this wasn't dragging into June and dragging in. That's easy for me to say now. It's backseat driving. I get that. But but that, that again, it makes me think they want to try and find a way to keep him. I just wish I thought there was some discussion going on. If they're not talking, then there's there's no hope to getting a resolution. Is maybe they tried to trade him, you know, but maybe maybe they were asking way too much for him. Yeah, they said they couldn't get more than, what, a third-round pick, and... Uh-huh. I, I don't. The good thing about that, though, is it would be in the rearview mirror now, and you'd be yeah. you'd be talking about things of the upcoming season rather than than this. Yeah. All right, Curtis. Uh, we got golf in your future. Are you coming out Friday or not? 
I'll be there Friday. Yeah, oh, of course. Oh, perfect. Curtis Crabtree, what's your what's your score for the Mayor of Maple Valley Open? I've targeted six under. Well, I, I don't think I'm playing in it this year. Oh. I'm doing some. I'm. I, I think if uh, Ian's got it set up for me, I'm going to be the buy a shot guy on the 16th hole. I think is what it's going to be. Where I'm going to be hitting shots for groups. That's perfect. And he's going to do. He's going to do a keg stand, and then he's going to hit your shot for you. Any group who doesn't <laughs> buy Curtis's shot, you're out of your GD be, mind. I'm going to you buy, buy this guy's shot. I'm going to buy all of them. That's all I'm going to do. I was going to buy. Can you play the hole for me? Uh, sure, I can do that for okay, you. Bob. Perfect, we'll do that. Uh, come on out there, Curtis. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you Friday. All right, see ya.